Hey, I'm Mary Ellen Dance, licensed mental health counselor and owner of Pittsburgh Therapy. I'm on a mission to strip away the stigmas surrounding therapy and mental health and talk about how we can use the culture of self-improvement for our benefit rather than our demise. I used to think I was doing life all wrong, from getting fired from a dream job to advising clients on relationships while I myself was trying to sort through that dumpster fire. But then I realized my imperfections are what made me a good therapist. So join me on a journey not to be perfect, but to be, well, okay-ish. Welcome. Your session has now started. Today, I want to dive into the topic of perfectionism. I've actually had a bunch of people ask me to talk about perfectionism, and I haven't talked about it yet because it's a hard topic because I can really relate to it. (laughs) It's hard. I wish I wasn't a perfectionist, but I can be, and I have worked a lot to, to not be, and I'm sure we can relate to that in some ways. But before we go into talking about perfectionism, please follow wherever you're listening. Um, Hit the follow button, hit the subscribe button, because that helps me a lot. So what is perfectionism? We all probably have different definitions of it, honestly, because it it can look different for all of us, as with anything. But perfectionism, truly the true definition of perfectionism is that we believe that whatever whatever we're trying to be perfect in is attainable. We believe that it's possible, which is wild because I don't know about you, but growing up, I was told, you know, nobody's perfect and it's okay not to be perfect. But then we have this we have this voice inside of our heads, whatever it may be, that says, well, you actually can be perfect in this way. It actually is possible. So how did that happen? How did it happen that, you know, our parents or our teachers or whoever might be told us, it's okay, nobody's perfect, you're wonderful just the way you are. And then we grew up to thinking, hmm, I have to be perfect. Perfection is attainable. It must be attainable. That's confusing. We can probably relate. I know I certainly can relate to this, like on the one hand, knowing that perfectionism isn't attainable. And on the other hand, being like, but what if? How does that happen? Where does that come from? In college, I wasn't yet in counseling in college. I I wish I had been. Well, would have made college easier, probably less dramatic. But I wasn't yet in counseling. And I remember talking to my roommate about anxiety and how we were both experiencing anxiety and what it meant for both of us. And then this roommate, a few days later, walked in our dorm room and she said, Mary Ellen, we've got it all wrong. We don't have anxiety. We have crippling perfectionism. And that line, that crippling perfectionism line has always stayed with me because it is truly crippling. When we're trying to be perfect, which logically we know is unattainable, it cripples us because we can't be perfect. And then we try to be, and then we get tired, and then we get overwhelmed, and then we 
we fail because it's impossible. And then we feel even worse about ourselves. And it's this like terrible cycle. So what does that all mean? What do we do about that? A lot of people use the terms anxiety and perfectionism kind of hand in hand, not synonymously, but they but they use these terms together. And they do often go together. Anxiety and perfectionism can often go together. When I talk about anxiety, I often talk about anxiety as like a separate entity from ourselves, right? So I logically know whatever, but my anxiety is telling me that it's not true. That's kind of the same with perfectionism. We all logically know that perfect isn't attainable, but our our little perfectionism inside of us is telling us, but it is, but what if it is? But mm, it looks like it was for this person, so maybe it can be for you. So I think anxiety and perfectionism can go hand in hand. I don't think they have to, though. I think perfectionism can also go hand in hand with things like OCD, with things like eating disorders. And one of the things that perfectionism, anxiety, OCD, eating disorders all have in common is black and white thinking, extremist thinking. You're either perfect or you're a failure. You're either, you know, it's either black or it's either white. And I mean, the world is full of gray. Again, logically, we know that even though it doesn't always feel that way. And so if we're living in this world of extremism, of it's either perfect or it's a failure, and we know that perfect isn't attainable, then we're constantly living in this state of failing. That sounds terrible. I don't want to be constantly living in a state of failing. No wonder I'm anxious. No wonder we're struggling with eating disorders and OCD and depression and whatever else, because we're constantly living on this side of the extreme, on the failure side of the extreme. And I think that another way that perfectionism tricks us is that sometimes we do something that feels perfect. We ace a test. We um, get a, a perfect review on our on our yearly assessment from our supervisors. We, you know, have a really, really good relationship moment or parenting moment or whatever. And we think, yeah, I got this. No, it's good to think that. It's good to think, yeah, I got this. It's good to be proud of ourselves when we ace the test. That's not a bad thing. Where it stumbles into a bad thing is the next test that we don't ace. And we think, well, perfection is possible because I did ace that other test. So I must now be a failure that I got a B plus. That's where it gets tricky. I struggled a lot with this in some of my first jobs. Oh my gosh. I had a supervisor who she, she probably got really annoyed with me because every time she would say, Hey, stop by my office. I have a question. I would be like, am I getting fired? Because of that black and white extremist thinking, because of if she tells me one thing I'm doing wrong or one thing I need to improve or whatever it may be, that means I'm a complete and utter failure. That means I must be getting fired. Not true. I did not get fired. It was fine. Usually whatever she was telling me was not a big deal, but it's this extremism. People who struggle with perfectionism also tend to have something called a fixed mindset. So there's a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. So a growth mindset is 
we're always learning, we're always growing, I can always improve. It's a good thing to always be learning and growing. It's a good thing to get feedback and you know, constructive criticism because I always want to be learning and growing. And it's possible to always be learning and growing. A growth mindset is it's possible to be good and be growing. Those two things can happen at the same time. A fixed mindset, on the other hand, is more, this is fixed. I'm either good at math or I'm bad at math. It's not going to change no matter what I do. So people who struggle with perfectionism tend to also struggle with a little bit of that fixed mindset. Well, this isn't going to change no matter what. I can't get better. I'm either perfect or I'm a failure. And I'm clearly a failure at this. So that's it. How stressful does this sound? Because I know I've struggled with it in the past. I still continue to struggle with it sometimes. But even talking about it is exhausting me. Even talking about it is making me feel bad. Because what we end up doing with this fixed mindset, what we end up doing with this black and white thinking and this perfectionism is we end up connecting our self-worth to performance. And I'm telling you right now, your self-worth is not based on your test grade. Your self-worth is not based on what your supervisor thinks of you at your job. It's just not. Your self-worth is not based on how many people have ghosted you. Because guess what? I've had a lot of people ghost me and I'm still a really worthy human being. (laughs) But we tie these things to that. And part of working on our perfectionism is untying that. Just because I did terrible at this, or just because I messed up, or just because I have improvement, does not mean I'm not a worthy person. It just doesn't. When I was five years old, my parents put me in soccer, and every game I cried on the field. And the the coach went to my parents and we're like, look, she can quit if she wants. Um, and my parents were like, no, she committed to this. And, you know, we like to teach our kids that like they, if they commit to something, they see it through. <laughs> and the coach was like, okay, I get what you're trying to say to this, to this girl, like what you're trying to teach her, but like, this is miserable for all of us. And my parents were like, yeah, too bad. She's staying on the soccer team. So I did. I completed the season. I didn't sign up for the next season. Um, and I cried the whole time on the field. So um, needless to say, I'm not very good at <laughs> But my parents handled this really well because they didn't tell me, oh, you're good at soccer. They were like, okay, soccer is not your strong suit. You're not very good at it. But who cares? That's okay. You made a commitment, you're going to see the commitment through, and then, you know, we'll we'll find other things that you like better that maybe you're good at. Like, it was always just a matter-of-fact thing. Like, okay, you're not good at soccer, so what? Wouldn't life be great if everything were like that? Now, I know that's an easy, silly little example because I was I was five. Um... And and we're a lot more complicated beings as we as we grow up and we learn and unlearn things and it gets very complicated inside our heads. But how beautiful is it to be like, oh, yeah, I'm not good at soccer. And have no other attached feelings to it. I have no feelings about the fact that I'm not good at soccer. I, I don't want to play soccer. It's a lot of running. Okay. How can we do that in our own lives? How can we say, oh, 
I don't improve at this. Or I'm not good at this and that's okay because I don't really need to be good at this. Or I'm really good at this and it's okay if I'm not perfect at it because I'm always improving to get better. What would life be like if we had more of those thoughts? So I recently read the book Tired as Fuck by Caroline Dooney. Completely recommend it. Caroline Dooney is not a mental health therapist or anything. She is in recovery from an eating disorder. And she's she's very open about that. And it's just really interesting. She talks a lot about the kind of extremist thinking that she had when you when struggling with an eating disorder, when, you know, wanting to do self-help. It's I really recommend the book. But she talks about in this book, she talks about how she always thought that once this happens, I'll be happy. So if I strive to be perfect to get to this level, then I'll be happy. I don't have to worry about anything else. So I'm going to put everything else aside and strive to be perfect. And then once I'm perfect, life will be great. And I think we can all relate to that. Once I get this job, I can settle. Once I move into this house, I can settle. Once I find a partner, I can settle. And so I am going to do whatever I can to be perfect in getting that because I know that once I get that, everything will be fine. That thinking does not work. I'm telling you right now that that thinking does not work. And it doesn't work for a few reasons. Reason number one is as human beings, we're really bad at predicting what's going to make us happy. So, you know, we're really bad at saying, if I get this job, I'm going to be happy. And then maybe you get the job and it's the worst job in your life. We're very bad at predicting what's going to make us happy. We don't really know. The other thing is, once we get to that level, that happiness level, we also as human beings kind of always want more, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but it kind of screws with that mindset that once I get here, life will be fine. But I think that that is a motivation for a lot of us to have this perfectionism mindset because we think, well, if I just be perfect for a little while, then I'll be fine. And it's not, it's not like that. It's not like that. I was just talking to a client yesterday and she, she said to me, Mary Ellen, I do not understand how two opposing things can be true at once. So the example I always use with this is, you know, you can love someone and hate someone at the same time, right? Those are two opposing things and they can both be true. And so she said to me, I don't understand how two opposing things can be true at once. And I said, what if maybe you don't need to understand, but we need to get comfortable sitting in that discomfort because it's uncomfortable. Having two opposing thoughts at the same time is uncomfortable. Having the thoughts of I'm not perfect but I'm also not a failure. And maybe I messed up and that sucks, but I can also be good and improve and it doesn't challenge my self-worth, right? Those are kind of like opposing views. They kind of get us confused and uncomfortable. I personally think that a lot of, a lot of perfectionism stems from the fact that it's easier to think in black and white terms. It just is because the gray is mucky and the gray is confusing and the gray is where all these opposing things are true at one time. It's easier to think, oh, that's black or that's white. Oh, that's good or that's bad. It's just easier to think that way. It feels shitty. 
it's not good for our mental health. It's not good for our self-worth or our opinions of ourselves or anything like that. But it's more comfortable. It's less comfortable to say, oh, I really sucked at that. Yet, and I'm still really worthy and I'm still really a good person and I'm still really proud. How often do we tell ourselves that we're proud of ourselves when we failed? Probably not enough. And I think that people, people talk about perfectionism a lot. People talk about failure a lot. I hear things about, you know, failure is part of the process. Um, it's impossible to be perfect. And those are all nice sentiments. But I think we have to go a step further than that. We have to go a step further than that into realizing we got to live in the gray. It's not all black and white. We know that failure is okay, logically. But does it feel okay? Mm -mm. So to make it feel okay, we have to be comfortable living in the gray, living in this I'm good and bad at some things at the same time. I'm worthy and want to improve at the same time. I'm proud of myself and, you know, still a work in progress at the same time. And that gray area, having those opposing things be true at the same time is super uncomfortable. But I think that that is where we grow. I think that is where we accept ourselves. I think that is where we truly believe that, yeah, perfectionism is not attainable and that's okay. And I'm still proud of myself and I love myself. And I think we'd have a lot less anxiety in this world. I think we'd be a lot happier, a lot more peaceful if we can learn to practice living in the in-between. Thank you so much for being here with me today. And I can't wait to see you all next week. Please follow me wherever you're listening to this podcast and on Instagram at okayishpodcast. Also, I would love it if you could rate the podcast and leave a review. The best way to get in contact with me is to go to okayishpodcast.com and submit a comment question you can do it anonymously too which is so great i will see you guys next monday i can't wait